gave you the ability to know me. I gave you the ability to walk with me. I gave you the ability to spend time in my presence even when you're alone, sitting alone. You say, but I don't know how to pray. I gave you that ability, knowing what it would be like to walk in your shoes. I, I, I gave you a gift. Jaben, Arefino, Arepuke, Apeteta. Don't lean to your own understanding. Don't rely on your mind. Don't rely on your mind. You don't, you don't have the answers in there. The answers are in your spirit. And I gave you a way to tap wisdom, tap prosperity, tap joy, tap healing. But it's up to you. It's not up to me. It's up to you. I gave you the ability. So pray. And pray often in the spirit. If your head fights, you pray anyway. Your head doesn't know anything. Your head doesn't know God. Your head doesn't know. Your flesh doesn't know. Don't ask it. It doesn't know. Barodina, Atrepede, Adolemo, Shomagedebe. You say, but I feel weird. It's okay, feel weird. But go ahead and obey me in this, and you'll begin to see things change, even in your home, even in your family, even in your health. I have no one to lay their hands on me. Lay hands on yourself. I have no one to pray for me. Pray for yourself. There's the greater one in you, but you're going to have to turn him loose. You're going to have to turn him loose. You're going to have to turn him loose. And when you do, hold on for the ride of your life. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. Say my best days. Isn't that good? The sermon today is called The Pride. Not your pride, not my pride, the pride. Was it two or three weeks ago I started a sermon called, um, talking about lions, when lambs become lions. If you weren't here, you go, back, go back and watch it on YouTube on wherever. And then before our guest speakers, um, when lions roar. And we're talking about the greater one in you. The fact that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah and he created a kingdom of lions. But I wanted you to see this because today we're going to talk about church. You are no match alone for hell. You are no match because the hyenas, and one hyena can break the neck of a giraffe, but they're no match for a lion. A lion is way more powerful than any hyena, and, and hell knows who you are, and he will never attack you. Hell will never attack you alone, except you're alone. One of the things that the church has re failed to realize that Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates will not stand against it. Not you. It. The, the, the lion that was in trouble, his name was Red. When his buddy came, he headed back to the pride. Only in the pride can he rest. Only in the pride is there safety. 
Only in the pride does he have the strength that he needs because, because there's enemies everywhere. You and I are living in a world right now full of hell. It's all around you. But God has given you a very precious gift. It's called church. I want to, I'm going to jump ahead of my sermon. Several years ago, um, Dr. Colbert told me, he says, you have an infection in your body. We don't know where it is. I did not know where it was either. Um, I began to have pain, a little bit of pain down in my bowels, but I, not a lot, not, nothing, to, nothing that it would concern me. And I got on an airplane, went to Texas, and my appendix ruptured. When they opened me up, they found that I was completely full of gangrene. So Mary friend had prophesied, Satan's going to try to kill you. Now, he kills me, he kills the whole church. So I called Lisa. Lisa called Betty, Debbie, Mary friend, prayer team. They gave me a shot, and I went to sleep. Kind of hard to pray asleep. And I woke up. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Thank God for this church. It's not just been good for you. It's been good for me. God never expected me to handle this world by myself. Acts 4.23, I want to read this to you. Don't get quiet on me. And Lisa, where is she? Where is she run to? The first service is probably out there praying for me right now because my first service, I got kind of passionate. It's okay. It's okay. I think, I think sometimes we need to get a little passionate in the world we're living in today. Acts chapter 4. Pay attention, pay attention to the Word of God now. 4.23 it says, and being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all the chief priests and elders said, and they heard it. They lifted their voice in prayer. Now the church has under, is under attack. The church today is under attack. Now understand something. God knows this, and I want you to know this. I want you to know this. Satan would kill you if he could, and he can't, as long as you're walking with God. He can't, but he has been doing, he's been, he's been messing people up for 6,000 years. He's better at it than you are. Now, he already knows some things about you. The church it's supposed to be like Jesus, not like the world. We're not supposed to look like them, walk talk like them, talk like them, or act like them. But, but Satan knows the scripture, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not stand against it. Satan has no power against the church in America. I believe that our best days are ahead for this church. The, the church in America, not, not necessarily. The lukewarm church 
will go through the hell the world is going through right now. And the lukewarm Christian will not stand. Not any longer he won't. You're not living in the same day you did 15, 20 years ago. This is not 1960. So they went back to their companions. That means that they had companions. Jesus made, said that church should be your primary. It's your only place of safety. It's the only place you're going you're gonna to get prayed for. It's the only place that you can run whenever all the demons of hell are eating your lunch, and they will. So if Satan can get you alone, offended, he'll kill you. I wished I, could, I wished I didn't have to say what I'm about to say. When I started pastoring this church 32 years ago, there were people alive that are no longer. That breaks my heart. I don't say that with any kind of, they should still be here. Thank you. I've been preaching that you're a lion <laughs> and you are. And you're the king, king of kings and lord of lords. But you're not alone. And he never told you to do it alone. I have been guilty up until now of talking to you as though the greater one's in you. Maybe I should say the greater one's in us. When he said, I'll build my church, the gates of hell won't stand against it. He didn't say, I'll build my Christian. I, I really enjoyed that because when I watched it the, the third and fourth time, I saw hopelessness on that lion's face. He knew. They wore him out. I've had times, I've had times when Satan wore me out. I can't tell you how long ago it was, many years ago, I, I pastored and I pastored and I pastored. Pastor will suck the emotions out of you. Because about the time you get through fixing one problem, some other idiot, I mean, person shows up. <laughs> or a group of them. And they are, they're not trying to be bad. They don't, they don't understand. And um, I got real desperate and I said, Father God, I prayed a prayer. And I said, I don't know how you do it, but I want to go into one of Brother Hagin's meetings. I mean, Brother Hagin going home to be with the Lord. And I'm pastoring alone. I don't have friends. That's not smart. And I went and looked for Mark Hankins. And I found him. And the next time he had a meeting, I was in it. Because I need friends. I need people when hell is tearing me up <laughs> to lay their hands on me, to pray for me, to get my backside. So do you. Say amen. amen. Hebrews 10.25, please turn over there. I want you to see this. It's a scripture. So we're going to talk about selfishness today. Boy, that went, that's real good. That's just... We are. We're, we're going to go there. We're going to go down this road. The opposite of love is selfishness. It's not hate. The world is selfish. And about three quarters of the church is. 
Hebrews 10, 25. And I know that, you know, you know, I want you to understand something. When Brother Hagin started preaching on prosperity, one person in his church tithed. Did you know that? And uh, he didn't teach on tithing ever. And he left that church and God said, you go, go back there. Go back to that church. You, you've failed in your job there. Go teach him tithing. Do you know why he didn't want to do it? Because, of the, because people didn't want to hear it. Because, because their mindset was, you're after our money. No, I'm just obeying God. Now, most of you guys believe in tithing, so it's easy to preach here. But you hate sermons on church attendance. And it's very, very hard to preach because you are selfish. You are more interested in you than you are anybody else. You don't care what you do and how it affects other people. And God is done with lukewarm. He's going to let you eat it with the world, even though you're born again. That's a pretty strong statement, isn't it? It is strong. But I think that if I loved you, I'd tell you. Now, Jesus is not stupid. Don't you think about the garden for a minute. Don't eat. Simple. Don't. 1,500 acres of fruit trees. 1,500 acres of fruit trees. That one, don't eat. What's Eve doing over there? One, one, you got one tree, and you're overlooking at the one he said don't. All that God has given America, cars, houses, lands, blessings, one command, don't forsake the assembly. Well, you know, I have to make, no, you don't. If God can't take care of your finances, you sure can't. There is a God and you're not him. And it makes it very, very difficult because people think, well, you're just trying to take my fun away. That's childish. You need God and you need the body. You're not going to make it without a church. You're not going to make it. The church in America must rise up. There, the, there is only one way to turn America now, and it's the church. Satan knows who you are. There's only one force in America strong enough to turn this nation back to God. And it is the local church. If we don't do it, you will be a communist. You'll get on fire or you will become a communist. It's not like oopsie doopsie. Your job won't do it. Your education won't do it, and your good looks won't do it. You and Jesus will. Are y'all okay? I'm trying to be real kind. Where did I say? 10, 1024. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as you see 
is anybody other than me looking at the day approach? You know, someone said, well, you don't know the day or the hour. When you're in an airplane and you're coming in for a landing, do you know it? Well, sure, you can see it. How could you see the day approaching if you don't know when it's approaching? That's kind of dumb. The world doesn't see it approaching, but I can see it approaching. We're on final. Right now, we're in a Shemitah year. Some of y'all don't know what that is because you weren't here on Wednesday. Never seen you on a Wednesday. But you ought to go at least listen to what I preach on Wednesdays. And we talked about the timetable of the Jewish calendar. We're in a Shemitah. That means that either the rapture takes place next September or exactly seven years, it will be one of the two. You say, you're pretty adamant? Absolutely. When they're putting people in Australian concentration camps, can you smell the coffee? What about Europe? What about France? What about Germany? Is that just kind of like blowing by your head right now and you're going, we're just waiting for the mass thing to get over. It's not going to get over. Satan's more interested in getting his agenda than the church is. The last bastion of freedom is the United States of America, and communists have decided to take it. Go to 1 Corinthians 12 while I talk about a culture war a minute, please. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Just make me feel good even though, you know, you're, you're you know. All right. Okay. I began to, I, be, I prayed the other day. I said, God, what do you want me to do, Heavenly Father? Because right now the church is, is uh, uh, we're going to the Trump rally today at 1.30, right? Me, you, Cody, Sean. I want Trump back in. But Trump can't do anything without you. The government works for you. They work for you. Tell them what to do. It's, it's called courage. I watched the um, thing on American Airlines and I don't think they were ready for the fact that most of the pilots are all military guys who lost buddies in the war. And when they said, take a vax or leave, and they went, bye. And then they got on the news and lied about it. But the pilots are all soldiers. And they told American Airlines where to put their plane. Thank you for some men with guts. We got nurses right now that are going, I ain't taking your jab. Isn't it amazing they were heroes last year? Thank God for the nurses that are standing up. Thank God for the school teachers that are standing up. Folks, we're going to have to stand up. You say, well, I'll lose my job. Better than losing your soul. We are in a culture war. My question is, can America be saved? I'd like to say yes. Can the church turn America? Yes. How? I want you to understand, we are in a culture war against communist atheist ideology. We are in a war against communism in this nation. Go on YouTube today. You don't need to do it. You don't have to do it. Just if you want to. Prophecy by Kenneth E. Hagin, 1963, talking about communism coming to America. 
And he prophesied it, said it would happen. People, you know, 63, nobody paid a lot of attention in then. But he asked the Lord, he says, is there no hope? He said, is there no hope? He saw what's happening right now. And he said, yes. He said, my church, I will send fire on my church. In other words, we're the answer. But God's not sending his fire on selfish people. Jesus did not model selfishness. Christianity is not selfish in its nature. So where did we learn that? In college, in school, in society. So the communists said, In 1970, they set out to demoralize America and shift the moral standards away from God. The word culture means to cultivate. The word cultivate is where we get the word cult. The word cult means to worship. People are either worshiping God or self. Not Satan, self. You either worship, if you worship God, you obey God. If you don't obey God, you worship you. And you think you're God. Now, now listen, there's, ch- churches right now need, need, preachers need to start preaching to people and get us back over on the word of God. Because without a moral, without a moral revival, the America's done. Parents, it was your job to teach your kids right from wrong. It was and is your job. Your children should learn right, wrong. Right, wrong. That's what you do. If they throw a fit, you have a paddle. You can drive selfishness out of them. I can prove it. I saw on Facebook the other day, it says, how many of y'all ever had your kids sass? All of them once, but never again. I'm not flunky. They're my children. I know what they've got to know to make it in life, and throwing fits don't work. I pray that you raised your daughters that way for my sons to marry someone not selfish. Every sin, you do it for you. You don't commit adultery for someone else, you do it for you. You don't lie for someone else, you lie for you. You don't steal for someone else, you steal for you. So right now, the culture of the world is whatever benefits me. What's wrong in Washington? The politicians that are in there for one reason, them. They're going to represent you. That's how they became millionaires. Own $100,000 a year. A moral man wouldn't do that. See, politicians need to be in church on Sunday, in the Bible on Monday, and then at their job on Tuesday. And we wouldn't have the problems we're having in America today. 
But if they are going to church, the pastor's gutless and the, and the, and the politician's leaving crooked. Lisa, pray for me right now. I'm trying to call. I'm trying to rein in this one. I, wanna, I don't want to go. Lisa's like, I'm praying. In 1970, the communists set out to demoralize America and shift our moral standards away from God. Communism cannot thrive in a moral climate. It cannot thrive in a moral climate. Now think about this for a minute. Why is it that if they started in the 70s, it took them so long? You know who was in their way? Billy Graham was in their way. Um, what's his name? The moral majority. What's um, Jerry Falwell was in their way. Kenneth Hagin was in their way. Preachers on television and radio were in the way of the Communist Party and they couldn't do what they wanted to do with because men of God thundered in the pulpits and the church understood their relationship to God and God to them and they lived a moral life. They raised their kids morally and then they sent them to school. And the pastors all backslid. And we're in a mess. They've accomplished their number one goal. Number two, okay, worship of God tends to liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? You want liberty? You need to put Him first. Without Him first, you don't have any liberty. Worship of God tends to freedom. Worship of God tends to personal responsibility. The worship of self is whatever benefits me. The worship of man is I don't need God's help. The worship of self tends to tyranny, socialism, communism, and victimization. And all this began in the universities of America. School systems, and we never checked on them. We never, we never found out what they were learning. And they've been working to overthrow the nation for years, and we've been sitting back and letting it happen. Let's talk about church for a minute. Why is it the minute someone preaches on living right, you leave? Don't worry about the politicians. This is a 300-member church. I can't wait to Easter so I can see them. <laughs> and so it is across America. God has blessed this nation, and he's, he's holding us accountable. Don't be praying for the government. You pray for yourself. Don't worry about what the politicians are doing. We need to start being concerned about how we're doing. Okay. I'm trying to be sweet, super sweet right now. Jesus said in Matthew 5, it says, Let your light so shine before men, they'll see your good works and give God glory. You need to let your light shine. You need to take it out from under a basket and you need to be a Christian in, in public. You need to open your mouth and be a Christian and you need to talk about right versus wrong. And you might get a little persecuted, but let me tell you something. It'll be okay. You'll make it. Jesus says in Mark, he says, if any man is ashamed of me in this adulterous generation, I will be ashamed of you. Strong words. There's no gray area there. Go to Matthew 22. Don't go quiet on me. Pretend like you're in faith. 
I know my wife was off praying. Go, God, calm him down before the next service, please. Matthew 22. This is powerful right here. I'm going to read something. I'm, you know why I'm preaching this? Because I believe America's going to turn. I really do. But I think that we need leadership. I think the pastors need to lead the charge here. And I think we need to come back to the Bible. Not, what, not, not a, your opinion of the Bible, but the Bible. Now, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not self-seeking. The opposite of love is selfishness. Now, let's read this because we have, in the new covenant, we have two commandments, not suggestions, commandments. Do you, eat, do you know what they are? Do you know where they are? And do you know where to find them? I'm going to read them. 34, and the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees. They gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, and said, Teacher, what's the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said, You'll love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And the first of the great commandments, and the second one is like it, you'll love your neighbor as yourself. What is the first commandment? It didn't say school. It didn't say business. There's nothing wrong with business, but keep it third. Keep it forth. Keep it where it's supposed to be. Love what first? Loving God and obeying God are synonymous. Listen to me very carefully. If you do not obey God, you do not love him, you are a liar. And, and it's you. you. It's called pride. Satan got thrown out of heaven for that. Now, your mama didn't tell you that, but I just did. Because she didn't want to hurt your little feelings. But I'm going to tell you, you're not God. You get off alone. Satan will eat your lunch, and you will find out real quick you're not God. I don't care how bad you are. I want to see all the kung fu people in hell. I want to see them whoop a devil. Because they're not going to do it. You cannot beat the hell out of a devil. I sure wish we took the Bible serious. Now think about this for a minute. If this is, this is, you're a Christian and this is a commandment, when are we going to begin? Why don't we have Christians in this church that have been here 35 years and you're still a baby Christian and you're still selfish? That's a good question and I want, I want an answer. I want to know. You've never left a church except for selfish reasons. You don't stay home except for selfish reasons. Do you understand what you do affects people? Do you know that you and I are responsible for the babies that are born in this church? You are responsible for them. Not just me. You say, I have two children in children's church. No, you don't. All the children in children's church are yours. Don't shout me down. You say, I got two youth. No, you don't. You got them all. They're all yours. Even lions take better care of the pride than Christians do their own church. Maybe I should start pastoring a pride. Maybe I am pastoring a pride. Am I doing all right? Am I doing all right? Listen, listen, I want to, I want to see America change. I, I want you to have a good life. I want, I love you enough to tell you the truth. You're, you're not alone. You will not make it. Yeah. One for this church, I'd be dead. 
Life is not easy. Satan is, is going to do his best to take you out. But he can't take us out. He's in the parking lot. He don't come in. Too many lions in here. See, when you're wore out, you can rest. You can walk in church and go, oh, glory. Now, one of the things I loved about that, you notice how red he cuddled with that guy. He's like, oh, God. He knew he, he, he was dead. The other lion goes, but do you notice the other lion ran to the battle? When's the last time you saw someone leave the church and you ran to the battle? Where are you? What are you doing? How are you doing? Let me tell you something. Your enemy is not people in this church. It's Satan. You're not wrestling flesh and blood. You're wrestling the devil. When someone falls away from God, don't attack them. Go find them. Lift them up. Pray for them. Lay hands on them. Encourage them. If they do leave and go to another church, make sure it's a man on fire and not some big sissy. I'm glad I got people like you to protect me on the way out. I don't know what they're going to do to me at the door. You should love the Lord your God with how much of your heart? That's pretty plain. Number one, my number one goal in life is to obey God. I read my Bible to do it. I don't read it to understand it. And I read it. If you don't read your Bible, you do not love God. Now, let's talk to all the people in here who don't speak in tongues. There's a few. What is tongues for? Ministry. People are going to hell because you don't know how to pray. And he told you. He didn't ask you. He told you. He commanded, don't you leave Jerusalem. If Jesus needed the Holy Ghost, you do too. Well, I have the Holy Ghost. No, you don't. You're born of the Spirit. You're not filled with Spirit. But see, if you're in a country club church, who cares? The moment you start thinking about the world around you, you're going to need some power. Little girl, when I first got born again, a lady next door to me heard that we were Christians and some, well, somebody in the family told her how I got healed by the power of God. And this is the day the lady brought her baby over, and, and I was in the bed feeling sorry for myself with poison ivy. And I heard this baby screaming in the kitchen, screaming. And I thought, oh, I'd get up and go in there and give her the evil eye and get her to leave and take that brat baby home. I don't need, I'm, I'm having a bad enough day without a baby screaming in my house. I did. I went in there to be mean. And I walked in there, and the little baby's fists were balled up balled up and his fingernails were cutting into its skin and he's and, he's, and the spirit of God said colic now back then I was shy and I know y'all don't believe a word of that I know you don't it's all right it's all right I get it and she and she says I heard that you guys would pray for my my baby I want you to pray for my baby and I didn't have the guts to do it in front of her I said God get her out of here she goes oh, I think I left the stove on it handed me the baby And I'm standing there with this baby screaming with his fist balled up. And I just closed my eyes and said, Jesus, 
power of God came out of my belly and hit that baby, and, and I thought it fell asleep. See, I didn't know what I know now. I didn't, I didn't go to a church. I didn't know anything about falling out in the power. Baby went, stopped crying, went to sleep. I thought, well, that's fast. She came running back in to grab the baby, and she's screaming and crying, going, I knew you'd pray. I knew you'd pray. I didn't pray. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Now, see, if that had been some of you, you'd said, take her to the doctor. Well, take her to the doctor. I want you to lay hands on it. Well, that's the difference in the tongue-talking devil chasing holy roller and, and everybody, all the other churches. There is a difference. There is a difference. One has power. One has nothing. You do nothing, you get nothing. Now, I know that's offensive, but it's okay. You'll get over it. You go home, pray about it. You go home, just pray about it. Just get, you talk to God about that. Or read your Bible, see what it says. But he says right here, listen. You'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. That's all of you. He's number one. Someone said to me one time, sir, are you afraid of dying? I died November 16, 1975. When did you die? I died the day I got saved. When did you die? When I gave him me? That's the end of it. Why do you think Paul said I die daily? What, is it, what does it mean I die? He said, well, I might not be, I'm, I'm going to go preach today and I might, die, I might die tomorrow, but if I die, I'll go to heaven. And he, so the next morning he woke up and said, well, I'm alive one more day, I think I'll go preach. See, if you're, if you're, if you're trying to hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you'll lose it, you'll finally get a life. You say, well, I'm a businessman. Well, you'd be a Christian businessman. Six days a week, use your work. Not seven. See, the world follows me. I don't follow it. I decide the culture. I had holy blue jeans before they were cool. It was called poverty, but anyway. Are y'all all right? How Lisa, am I doing? Am I doing a little better than okay? Woo! Help me, Jesus. John twenty one. Go over there. John twenty one. It's amazing what you'll find when you read the Bible. You can't read it and stay selfish. You can't do it. This thing's weed and feed, man. It'll eat your lunch. That's why some people don't read it. It's hard on your soul. It's hard on your flesh to read the Bible. If your children are not living right, it's because you didn't teach them to read the Bible. You didn't teach them to put Jesus first. When Lisa and I were dating... There was no sex. Who decided that? We did. How are we going to pastor a church and going, ah, you know, we couldn't hold it either. It's called self-control. You're having sex and you're not married. You're self-centered. Trust God. Boy, he's getting, don't get quiet on me here. And if you had stayed in church, you wouldn't be messed up. 
Okay, listen, John 21, verse 15. (laughs) Just keep me safe on the way out. (laughs) When they had eaten breakfast, fish, that's a man's breakfast. No oatmeal, fish. With me at stake. Anyway, Simon, do you love me more than these? And he said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Well, you know why? He went and got him, don't you? He had denied even knowing him. He, he, he was afraid of losing his life. And he left and went back to fishing, and Jesus came and found him. Yes. All right, but there's a little more going on here than I've ever seen before until now. I've always majored on the do you love me. And he said, do you agape me? And he said, you know I phileo you. And I've always majored on those two words and how he did was afraid to say I love you. But what Jesus said next was the clincher. Do you love me, Peter? You know I love you. Feed my lambs. What did he say? Peter, I'm not interested in whether you die for me. I'm interested in whether you're living for me. I want you to get a life bigger than you. There are people now that are going to start getting saved. And I want you to gather them up in Jerusalem. And I want you to pastor them. And I want you to feed them. That is love. Later did he die for him? Yes. That's not what earmarked him. It was the life he gave away to make sure that someone else made it. Then he asked him again, do you love me? He said, you know I love you. Feed my lambs. There's people in this church. They need you. They don't come to me. They don't want to be in a sermon. I don't blame them. But when they come to you, would you open your Bible and say, what does the Bible say? Lisa's got a brother that lives in Tennessee named David. I'm not into all of the the lifestyle of the hills. Barn dances and all the stuff they do in the holler. But there's one thing they do that's right. You walk in their house and there's a girl cooking. There's another one washing dishes. There's another one taking care of the baby. There's another one washing clothes and there's a boy outside taking care of the lawn and the cows. They work together. It's family. Church is supposed to be a family. Let me, let me just make a statement to you. You want a new deep teaching? Can I go deep with you, real deep? Quit looking for someone to tickle your ears. Stop being selfish and get on your knees and wash somebody's feet. Become productive. That's why your life is dead. That's why you're looking for a new teacher and a new thrilling deep subject. You can't do what you know. Quit worrying about new stuff. (laughs) I don't need the book to be bigger. I'm having enough time with this one. It ain't that big. I'm still stuck on love is patient and kind. I mean, I'm working on that one. All right. 
All right, let's, are y'all all right? Everybody still all right? Okay. I'm going to make it through. I'm going to make it through the door. And I want to tell you something that I want you to know, and it's the way it's done in the church. When you go out of the church, if, if, I, if I'm still okay with you, you go out the left door. If I got on your toes, you go out the right door. <laughs> I'm going to start putting Lisa at the right door. Let, them let you. Let's look at one more scripture, Luke 10. <laughs> I'm just telling you all my secrets and y'all in Luke 10. My brother-in-law, Johnny, watches from Athens, Georgia, and he said, how do you get away with being so rough? I said, I don't. I'd rather have a church on fire. I want to come in here Sunday morning and enjoy my church. I want to enjoy church. Luke 10, 25. Ooh. A certain lawyer stood up and tested him and said, teacher, what do I need to do to have eternal life? He said, what's written in the law? What's your reading of it? And the answer said, you'll love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he says, you've answered correctly, yes. Why, why is it that because we're born again, we don't have to obey God? Oh, my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Oh, hello. Never mind. I, it's a question. I just, it's always amazed me. I just, I want to know the answer to that question. I'm not going to ask Jesus when I die because I already know what he's going to tell me. I'm asking you. Luke 10, where was I? Where was I? He said, you've answered rightly, do this and you'll live. And he wanted to justify himself and said, well, who's my neighbor? And Jesus answered and said, a certain man. Now he's fixing to tell you the story of Calvary. The certain man he's talking about is himself. Jesus never modeled selfishness. Selfishness is the bane of life. It's, it's the reason your life is messed up. Because you're afraid to turn loose of taking care of you and let God do it. That's true. If I don't take care of me, who will? Maybe he will. Maybe he'd do a better job than you are. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, that's, that's from the Garden of Eden until the world, and he fell among thieves who stripped him, that's the devil, of clothing, wounded him in part, and left him half dead. Adam was left on the side of the road half dead. By chance, a priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by. He's, he's too busy being a preacher to care about anybody. I don't want a church bigger than this. Not unless I have workers. There's too many people to take care of. I don't want, I don't want a thousand member church. You've got to be out of your mind. Any woman that wants 50 kids in, a, in diapers, you're crazy. You go up to Lisa's brother's house, there's somebody in there cooking, someone in there washing dishes. And I stood up one Thanksgiving and said, can I wash dishes? And they went, yes. And they're not afraid of you working, I guarantee you that. And I went in, they got a sink about three feet deep and three feet wide. And I was up to my elbows in soap and water. 
And then one of the kids came along, pulled up a stool, stood beside me, wasn't even big enough to stand, and started drying dishes. Another kid came in there, started putting them away, and mama's in there talking to someone. Mama don't need to do all the work in the house. Pastor doesn't need to take care of everybody that walks in the building. It's called a church. By the family of God, we are family. We got some good looking folk in this family. I don't always talk about myself, but I will right now. You thought I was talking about Zach. I wasn't talking about Zach. I was talking about me. By chance, a certain priest came and passed by. He's talking about love. Love doesn't, where was he going? Where are you going so important that you can walk by somebody needing some love, needing prayer, needing help, and you're off to make another dollar bill and leaving in-laws, outlaws, family members, and too lazy to come to church because you're passing by. That's not love. Yeah, but I had somewhere to go. Not as important as a human. Jesus placed a very high price on you. He paid a high price for you. That's what he thinks of you. He paid a high price for you. We need to start thinking that highly. That's a, that's a son of God right there. That's a, that's a man of God. That's a man of God. Whatever you did the least, you did it to me. Don't walk by him anymore. You notice someone's not here today? Do you have a phone? I don't have their number. Get it. I like what Rosie's doing. She's putting all the seniors and teaching them each other's phone numbers. Nobody called me. Call them yourself. Big 80-year-old baby. Good God Almighty, help me, Jesus. I've asked people before, what church do you go to? Don't say mine. <laughs> I might need two people to protect me. And a Levite arrived at the place and came and looked and passed by on the other side. What's wrong with this nation? We are already more communist than we are Christians. We bought into the culture. The love of man. The love of self. We bought it. It has to change. A certain Samaritan journeyed, came down as he was, and he saw him, had what? Compassion. He walked up and he went... Oh, shoot. I can't just walk by. Let me make a statement to you about pastoring. Some Sundays I love this church. Some Sundays I hate it. And I show up anyway. That's love. You know what I get out of my sermons? Nothing. I show up for you. I wish you did. 
Come on, let's get, let's get, let's get serious here for a minute. You get out there by yourself, the hyenas are going to eat you. You better be able to go home. <laughs> don't get too far. I mean, the worst case, go to Disney, but don't go too far. No, don't even do that. <laughs> Satan will do everything in his power to pull you away. Offense. You've been offended? I've been offended. I woke up one morning and I said, I'm not going to church. Lisa said, you must. I said, no, I'll tell her I must. I don't, I'm not going. She said, you have to. I said, give me one reason. She said, you're the pastor. I said, someone lay hands on Justin. Give him this job. But I will tell you this, and you may, I want you to take me to heart. I look for you. I look for your face. I watch you. I watch for you. David, he didn't make it the first service this morning. I walked out and I asked the greeters, I said, where is David? He said, I don't know. I said, somebody find him. Second service, he shows up. I'm here. Someone had gotten to him and says, pastor's looking for you. But your sweet Biffy, I'm looking for him. I want to know how he's doing. I want to know how David's doing. I want to know how Susie's doing. Come on, y'all. You do that way with your kids? I do it with mine. And I got a whole bunch of kids. And some of them don't look like me at all. And he went and he, he bandaged his wounds. He poured oil and wine, set him on his animal, took him to the inn, take care of him. Next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii and gave him to the innkeeper, which is the church, and said, take care of him. Whatever you spend when I come back, I'll take care of it. He said, that's love. You've got a lot of definitions for love, but I'm going to tell you something. Caring about each other, that's love. Y'all want to see America turn? Let's say that Trump gets back in office. Say amen. He's not going to do it alone. If he doesn't have a church in America to back him up, he'll fail. You can't, you can't he's not Jesus. Most powerful institution on this planet is the church. When we pray, every devil in hell knows it. We can turn the nation through prayer. We can turn it. But we're going to have to get together to do it. Now let's talk about imperfect people. You can be imperfect and be in this church. But I'm going to request you not have an imperfect heart. Keep your heart right. We can handle stupid. Just keep your heart right. <laughs> I'm doing that for my sake. You get to know me at all, you'll find out that I don't do it always. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just as messed up as you are at times. I need you. Now, I'm going to close with this one statement. I love y'all. 
I love every one of y'all. When God puts a pastor's heart in someone, it's, it's, it's very difficult. Because I sit with some of y'all for weeks and months and help turn your life around, and one day you just walk. What do you think goes on in Lisa and I? What do you think you're doing to the body? No room for that. There's legitimate times to get up. There's, there's, I was in a church in Tulsa and God said move to Orlando. There's legitimate times to get up and walk away. You know that. We have a couple that comes to the first service, won't start a church. God bless them. We have a couple here that come from Paisley. That's quite a haul. We have another couple with Robert and his wife. They drive an hour and a half to get to church, and he's here every Sunday. He lives in Ocala. Lady called me one day and says, I live in Altamont. It's too far to come. And I went, you ought to move to Ocala. You can ride with Bobby. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to do something right now. I've preached my heart out. If you'll do me one favor right now, would you pick up a Bible and start working on, on you, making sure you don't look, walk, talk, and act like this world. Communism cannot grow in a moral society. I'm not asking it, the Bible does. I'm just reading. I didn't write the book. If we were reading it, you say, I'm a Christian. Well, there's, that's you're like Christ. Christ went to a cross for you, told you to pick up a cross. That means there's more to your life than you, just little me. And I'm going to ask you to take that into your heart. I don't mean just listen to the sermon, walk out and go, woo. I don't, don't do that. Walk out and go, hey, hey, let's pay attention. The days ahead will be rough alone they will not be they're going to be rough enough together but together we'll make it when's he coming back I'm not sure I have a sneaky feeling it's seven years I know that some of y'all don't agree with that but that's the end of a, of a seven year Shemitah at the, at the beginning of a jubilee which is a rest Jesus will return on a Jewish holiday. He will return on a Shemitah. He does everything in the Bible. Everything that's ever happened, happened on a Jewish holiday. He won't change today. It'll be at the end of the Shemitah. Both temples were destroyed at the end of the Shemitah. That means that the seven years of Jewish time left may begin next, this coming 2022 September. But, but if you don't believe that, look at the world and tell me something. How much longer are we going to be able to do this? And Kenneth Copeland wants to live to be a hundred and what? Let him. Tell him I said that. Just Kenneth, you can. I don't want to be here until I'm 120. I want to be here until I'm done. And then I want to leave. And while I'm here, I'm going to stir the nest. Woo!
Okay, I need you to do something before you leave today. I want you to find somebody else in this church. And I want you to hug them, love them, pray for them. And I, I want you to start ministering and loving on each other. I don't mean just hugs and leave. I mean, actually start looking around, see who's gone. And start caring about people. Are y'all game? Can you do it? I don't want you to take everybody. Just take two or three. That's why God gave you two or three friends. You, don't, you can't have more than that. You don't, you're not that good of a friend. You can only buy so many Christmas presents. You say, all these people want gifts? Unfriend them. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I love you. I love you with all of my heart. You paid. You've done so much for me. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for you. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for this church. I love these people. I love your people. I pray you help me to pastor them, to shepherd them, to, to help them understand what it means to be a Christian. That's not popular today. It's becoming more difficult to preach truth than it ever has been. People say they want it. They don't necessarily do because it upsets their American lifestyle. But it's necessary now. Father, it's very necessary for us because the, the fire is going to fall on certain churches. I want it to fall on this one. I want to be ready. I want to be used. I don't want you to pass this by. Father, America needs Jesus. The church has got to rise up. And we've got to have the sense that lions do. Take care of each other. Father, if there's people here today that have not been faithful to church, I'm asking you to deal with their heart. You're the one said it. You're the one told us. I understand that's quite a subject in, in our society because we're very independent people. But you never, you, never, you never told us to be that way. We need each other. I pray we get up today, we start taking, reading the Bible and obeying the Bible a lot more serious. You said as we see the day approaching, we can, it's, it's approaching. I pray everybody in the sound of my voice should be ready to meet you. I pray every one of us will start putting you back first. Number one. And I thank you for that, sir, in Jesus' name. In my house, number one in my house is Jesus, not Lisa. Number two is Lisa, not the boys. We were married before we had kids. We want them to get up, grow up, get married, leave. But I don't want her to leave. So priorities are huge. God, Lisa, family, church. That doesn't mean I stay home on Sunday because family. That just means it's my priorities. But I'm not neglecting any of them. They're all gifts from God. Amen. Are you all okay? Can I go to the door alive? Now, Johnny, I know you're going to write me a letter and ask me how I made it. Just ask Lisa whether I'm still alive when you call. Praise the Lord. Can I have my altar workers come up this morning? Hallelujah. Amen.
You're going to love the Lord your God. Amen. With all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. You need to ask yourself, am I loving him not just with my heart, but am I loving him with my mind? Am I loving him with what I think about? The word of God says, do everything you do, do unto the, do, do all unto the glory of the Lord. So when you're thinking about something, the minute you stop, say, am I giving glory to the Lord right now? That would be loving the Lord with all your mind. All your soul is your emotions. We're full of emotions, lots of emotions. But are we loving the Lord with our emotions? If, if you'll put God first in your emotions, he'll take care of the rest. Amen. And finally, are you loving the Lord with your body, with your strength? Don't give him the last. Don't give him the worst of your day. Give him the first and give him the best. Amen. Give him the strong. Some people's strong part of their day is the night. I'm not saying you can't read the Bible at night. I'm just saying if that's the worst part of your day and you fall asleep while you're reading the Bible, then give them the better part of your day. Amen? When you're awake. If you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus in your heart, I want to give you the opportunity. You come. You ask Jesus to be in your heart. Say, God, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood. Thank you for dying on a cross for me. I make you Lord. You don't want to go to hell. That's a place you don't want to go. And, and that's forever. And so if you're here this morning and you've never done that, come up. But if you want prayer for any other reason, the Lord said that if any two shall agree on earth, it shall be done. As touching anything they ask, it shall be done for them by my Father, which is in heaven. This is why we're here. We're not in a hurry to go home. You might be, but we're not. So you come up, you get prayer. Amen. The rest of you. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5357. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.